Hello, and welcome to Ref Radio. I'm Patricia Allison from the Shakespeare and the Ref Leadership Collective. Today, I'm sitting down with Maris Smith from the Shakespeare and the Ref Board. This is the first episode in a new series we're launching called The Board Perspective. Listen in. So why don't you jump back and tell us a bit about yourself? I think the thing I'm most curious in is like, what was your path to becoming a lawyer? And how did theater sort of like fit into your life pre-rough board? Yeah, so I always wanted to be a lawyer. But when I make that statement now, I tend to like what's what's like, the underlayer to that is that I always wanted to be a lawyer, but I, I never really, like, I've kind of realized in the last few years, and especially around when I turned 40, that I probably should have, like, done some more, like, excavation around why mm-hmm. I wanted to be a lawyer, mm-hmm. because there, there's a lot of, like, creative paths that I think would have really fulfilled me, mm. but I became a lawyer because I thought that that was the right thing for me to do. No one pressured me into it. My parents were like, oh, sure, you know. It was more like, I wish I had a reason for why I became a lawyer. I don't really have one beyond that. I just thought it would be cool. Yeah. And I thought it would, you know, bring in some nice income and give me this like status that I thought was important when Mm -hmm. I was in my, you know, late, like late teens, early adulthood. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I'm really glad I did it. Mm -hmm. I went to law school with the intention of being a criminal lawyer and I got pulled along the path into the corporate world. Um, they come to the law schools across Canada and they recruit uh, they recruit young lawyers to, to come and join their firms. And so I was recruited that way in law school. And I joined a large corporate firm. Mm. And many times I would like catch myself and be like, how did I end up as a corporate lawyer? Like that mm. was never the plan. Mm. There were things about it that, and there still are things about it um, that bring a lot to my life, Mm -hmm. but it didn't leave a lot of room as a career for creativity. Mm -hmm. It didn't leave a lot of room for, you know, uh, pursuing, you know, the arts, pursuing Mm -hmm. um, passion projects. And Mm -hmm. so um, in the beginning of my career, I was working um, for the government for a number of years. I was with the Ontario Securities Commission for about eight years doing securities regulatory work, which once again, I would wake up some mornings and be like, how and why? How, what? <laughs> like, and it was a great job and it gave me the space to pursue other things. And one of the things that I pursued was theater. Oh, cool. I had been seeing um, an advertisement in what's known as the Ontario Reports. It's basically this thing, this newsletter that comes out every week for Ontario lawyers. And it kind of announces like big cases, this Mm -hmm. person made partner, um, you know, various like kind of galas and things that are going on in the legal community and in in Ontario and specifically in Toronto. And about eight or nine years ago, there was an ad for auditions for what's called the lawyer show. Yeah. And I saw that and it was for a Shakespeare production and it was calling for lawyers to audition. 
I got really excited by this. I like yeah. prepared my monologue. I wish I could tell you which Shakespeare play it was. I really can't remember. I want to say it was As We Like It, but mm. I- I'm not sure. That might not be true. Mm-hmm. So I auditioned and I didn't get a part and I was really upset. Uh-huh. And I was like, what the heck? Like, I want to be in this production. I want to help you raise money. Yeah. I want to be a stage actor. And yeah. I was like, I was really disappointed. So, you know, and I, I feel like I asked them for a reason and they were like, oh, we're just, we're full and whatever. Like that, so, product, like that, is it Nightwood that does it? I feel yes. like I'm going to like, yes. yeah, th- that is no joke. So no I joke. one time got brought on as a choreographer when they were doing like Guys and Dolls. Yes. And they had like a bunch of choreographers that were each doing different numbers. Yes. And I walked into and it was, yeah, it's no joke. Like it's those no joke. lawyers are serious. They're so talented. serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very talented. Mm-hmm. So the following year, so I didn't get a part and I was like, fine. <laughs> and so the following year um, was when they started doing musicals. As mm-hmm. you said, the fr- they did Guys and Dolls. Mm-hmm. And I saw that once again in the Ontario reports. But because I was kind of bitter yeah, and I had yeah. this little grudge, yeah. I was like, I'm not auditioning for that. And also <laughs> like Shakespeare was one thing and I didn't yeah. get a part. A musical is like, cause I can't sing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a musical, I was like, well, on top of my little grudge, I can't audition for a musical. Like that's insane. Yeah. The following year, I see the ad in the Ontario reports and it's for Legally Blonde. Oh. Legally Blonde is like, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's like yeah. my favorite silly movie. I saw Legally Blonde on Broadway. Of course and it I, is. It's about law school. It's about law school. Oh, and yes. she's so fabulous. And she's yeah. so kind. And, yeah. you know, there's a, like, Legally Blonde has a lot of messages in it. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of messages. It is not a fluffy movie. Mm-mm. And I had seen Legally Blonde on Broadway maybe four or five years before that. I went by myself and I just loved it it translated to the stage so well like I sat there in tears I loved it so much Mm. and I thought you know what I need to put the grudge aside I need to put my like nervousness aside about rehearsal auditioning for a musical I need to be in Legally Blonde like you have to put your Elle Woods boots on get into my big girl pants (laughs) and I gotta put on my Elle Woods boots yeah and you know she's Joe and I vegetarian I'm Joe and I vegetarian we both have dogs. Oh, wow. And so I was like, I, I don't care what I don't, I, I will do backstage. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'll bring people water. Like, I don't care. I need to be in Legally Blonde, the musical. There's it's, I'm, it, you know, and so yeah. I probably brought a lot more to that edition than I brought to like my Shakespeare edition. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and so they gave me a part. Amazing. In Legally Blonde, I was a sorority sister. I was one of Elwood's sorority sisters. I was in the chorus, basically. Mm -hmm. And I was thrilled. I was thrilled. And I learned so much about theater. Mm -hmm. I learned, like, I my friends would make fun of me because when they would say, like, stage left, I'd be like, my stage left or your stage left? (laughs) Like, I didn't get it. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And I just loved it. Hmm. And... 
Then I joined the cast the following year. I was in the Drowsy Chaperone and mm. I joined the cast the following year after that, which was Mamma Mia. And then I was oh. like, I was in it. I loved I had it. No idea. Yeah. I loved oh. the lawyer show. Yeah. And while I was working at my, the firm, um, like my prior law firm, um, you get a lot of emails when you work at law firms for, uh, you know, uh, generating interest in board positions. Okay. And so you see that a lot. And it's, it's usually kind of like for companies that I don't want to sit on the board for, (laughs) like, just like, (laughs) I don't know what I would bring to that. However, when I was at my last firm, an email went around, um, from Peter Wismath, shout out Mm, to Peter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, asking for interest in joining the board of Ruff. Mm -hmm. And I, that was one that I, that I jumped on and I responded immediately. And I said, I have some experience in theater. I've been working with Nightwood. I've been a member of the cast. I've been doing fundraising for them. You know, I'm really interested in this. And he set up a meeting for me to meet with, uh, the former co-directors and that's, that's what led me to rough was really through my Nightwood experience and just seeing an opportunity and finally seeing a board position that I was like, that's, hmm. that, that aligns, that aligns. Yeah, that's, I had no idea. I, I think I knew that the connection was through Peter, mm-hmm. um, but I had no idea. So that's so Yeah, fun. the lawyer shows were intense. Like I would be the first lawyer show that I did, which was Legally Blonde, I was also running a yoga business at that time. I was no training way. people to become yoga teachers and I was teaching yoga classes at a hot yoga studio downtown and running this training and doing lawyer show rehearsals. Like sometimes, you know, when you, when you think back, like, wow, I did so much before the pandemic. Like, yeah, I'm not joking that I did so much before the mm-hmm. pandemic. Like every single night I was either in rehearsals for three to four hours at a time at Nightwood with my laptop, Hmm. you know, because we were all lawyers, we would bring our work with us. Mm -hmm. We'd be on the phone. We'd be like drafting, you know, documents and then rehearsing. Mm -hmm. And then the next night I'd be teaching yoga. And the next night after that, I'd be back in rehearsal. Like it was nuts. It was nuts. Wild. Yeah. It's a big time commitment to be, you know, an amateur amateur actor uh, I mean any of those things you just named is like a big, big time commitment big uh, time commitment including uh being a lawyer yes yeah. I uh I, I I left my so when I was in Legally Blonde and Drowsy Chaperone I was working for the government at that time and also mm. teaching yoga and then I, I came back to private practice to working at a law firm in 2017 and it really started to get difficult for me to do all of those mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the last lawyer show that I did, which was Mamma Mia, I was working at the firm that I was at with with Peter and it just became, it was too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I haven't been in a lawyer show since and I really miss my theater community. Mm-hmm. But luckily being on the rough board has really helped to fill that that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I miss it. I miss it a lot. It and just brought you... something so different to my world. Yeah. And did you grow up doing theater or dance or like, no, 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 definitely not. I mean, maybe a school play here and there when I was in elementary school, right. 
Um, but no, I had no theater background whatsoever. Yeah. Like I didn't know what I was doing at all. Mm -hmm. I could, I kind of learned when I joined the Legally Blonde cast, I learned how to harmonize with a group. Mm-hmm. I still like, I can't, I don't think I could <laughs> sing solo. Mm-hmm. I had one solo line, which was like to scream out 175 in Legally Blonde. Amazing. Yeah. But um, solo singing, Mm-mm. not so much. Yeah. Um, but I did learn a lot from that. And I can read music because I played piano. Oh, there it is. When I was yeah. younger. Um, so that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but theater, no, it was so new to me. I, I didn't realize out, out of all of the like theater productions I had seen in my life up until I did the lawyer show, it didn't compute for me that the actors like move around the sets. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this is so much more like, this is so stressful. Like Physical, I actually found yeah. your, like your cues for when to move stuff was like almost more stressful than the acting part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cuz i was like okay i can memorize what i'm what i'm supposed to do and where i'm supposed to be but i'm really nervous about like if i don't take that table off the stage then no i'm going to ruin will. i'm going to ruin this <laughs> yeah. no one will it's my responsibility <laughs> that's it yeah. yeah um i'm going to circle back you said you mentioned that you received a lot of emails generating interest in boards i feel like yeah. that's a very foreign concept to me yeah What's so, that about? When you work in a corporate law firm, you work with a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. And you work with companies at all stages, depending on what type of lawyer, lawyer you are. Right. So if you work in the corporate group like I do, you're working with a lot of established companies. They have mm-hmm. boards. They have boards with you know people on them who have been on tons of boards in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um if you work in a group at a law firm, like uh, we have a we have a group just for emerging growth companies. So they're startups basically. And so mm-hmm. they're raising money, they're bringing in capital so they can do the things they wanna do. And they often have a board um, where there is space for additional board members. And a lot of the time it would be really, you know, advantageous for them to add a lawyer to their board mm-hmm. um, or they are they still are putting together their board. Right. And so you see emails going out around the firm um, asking, you know, for interest for people to kind of apply and put their name forward if they're interested in being on that board. Mm-hmm. And also we work with a lot of um, we work with a lot of uh, not for profits in terms of like, you know, contributing to the uh, dress for success. So if lawyers have suits that they'd like to donate to dress for success. And then with that and with a lot of the fundraising events that we do and the networking events that we do, there's also, you know, a need for that. So Mm -hmm. you'll see an email go around, you know, further to an event that we had with Dress for Success. They're looking for people to help. Mm. If you can donate some of your time, if you if you're interested in joining the board of a of a of a not for profit like that, like you know, hit us back. Mm-hmm. So you you see it a lot. You see it a lot in a corporate setting where, um, you know, partners who are working with these companies who are already on a ton of boards and who are looking for fresh perspective from some of the mm-hmm. more junior lawyers at, at a law firm, just send out those notes and see what they get back. Yeah. And I mean, like for us, it's so beneficial to have you and like you know folks from outside the arts and culture sector on our board what is the incentive 
for you all to kind of be on boards like this? Yeah, you know, for me, it really, it really, it's, it's, it's in such stark contrast mm -hmm. to the companies that I work with on a regular basis, mm -hmm. whether that's financials, resources, um, you know, when I think about, um, you know, as a board member, we're often called upon to look at financials or budgets, um, uh, you know, fundraising, how are we going to bring in some more money for X, Y, Z versus my day job where, you know, the numbers become so astro the, the numbers and the financials of these companies become so big <laughs> that I almost get desensitized to it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's always in the millions, if mm -hmm. not the billions. And you kind of lose sight of what it is that you're doing sometimes mm. versus I find when you're really in the nitty gritty of the financials of a not-for-profit when you're, you know, trying to figure out how can we raise another $20,000, like $20,000 in the corporate world becomes nothing. Yeah. It's not nothing. Yeah. But it, it becomes so when you just are used to $20,000 being peanuts. Yeah. And, and for me, it, it's humbling. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just looking at uh, you know, looking at a company and what they want to accomplish from a totally different perspective mm. and looking at the numbers and the, and the, um, operations of a not-for-profit versus a profitable company mm. or a not so profitable company that needs to be sold because there's that too. Um, and it, it just kind of brings me back to earth. Brings you back to the park. It does. <laughs> it does. It brings me back to the park. Yeah, because that $20,000 in like a company of our size would be, we oh, we would celebrate so huge exactly. if someone made a exactly. donation of $20,000. Yeah, that's it. And I, you know, I mean, these companies are spending $20,000 a day sometimes on legal fees. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it's really that, it's really that contrast mm. that, you know, gives me a lot of kind of satisfaction because sometimes in my day job like I said you you lose sight of like what's the goal here like one billion dollar company buying another billion dollar company like okay yeah <laughs> you know yeah I'm like I kind of don't know but I can imagine <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, you get you get lost in the weeds a lot, you know, like yeah. you get lost in, in, you know, those big numbers, they start to not mean a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, and then when you're looking at financials or operations of, of a not for profit of, of rough size, or, you know, similar type of operation, I'm like, yeah, $20,000 is a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. of money. It's a lot of money to me. It's a lot of money to most people, um, you know, like get your feet back on the ground. Yeah, that's nice. What would you say has been one of the highlights of your time on the rough board, either like a show or a moment, a fundraiser? Yeah. How I, long has it, like what year did you join? Do you remember? Yeah, it was 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, 2018. So it's it's been a while. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I have, I have two, I have two favorites that stick out for me. Mm. One was the towards rebirth mm. production in the park. Mm-hmm. I loved the way that play was divided into three segments. Like it mm. just really spoke to my kind of like love for like structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you know, it, it was, it was 2021, summer 2021, mm-hmm. you know, we were still in masks. Mm-hmm. Um, there was still socially a lot of distance, socially like, distanced. Yeah. There was still a lot of uncertainty in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we had not had a show in 2020. So it was so great to be back. It was mm-hmm. so exciting. And it was just one of the most different productions I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very funny and it had really cool music and we filmed it. So, so it was just, it was so so many different elements of an outdoor play coming together. Mm -hmm. And because we were filming it so that more people could see it because we had to have a limited audience in person, you know, you kind of had to be quiet at certain points. Like you felt like you Mm -hmm. were watching a a movie being shot as well as watching live theater. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a, that was a big highlight for me. And then we got together afterwards and we sat at the fire pit in Withrow and we had a couple drinks and I think we might've roasted marshmallows and it was just lovely. It was just a lovely summer evening to get everyone back together. Well, that's so nice. It was, it was, it was so nice. Um, one of the other standouts for me was Portia's Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. I saw that not in the park, oh. but I saw it. I was invited to go and see it with with some of the other members of the board um, at, I think it was at U of it T. Was, yeah, at Hart House. At Hart House. Yeah. And I had never been there. And I had never really seen... Um, you know, now I've seen a bunch of them, uh, you know, and Juliet. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but I had before that never seen an adaptation like as radical as mm-hmm. Portia's Julius Caesar. And I just thought it was, I was like, you know what? I never would have known about this if it wasn't for rough. Yeah. And I never would have seen, you know, a, a refocus on Shakespeare on the women Mm-hmm. of this story and it just really spoke to me and it was so intense and you know I remember I remember the production like having there was like a lot of yelling mm-hmm. and there were people like in the aisles mm-hmm. and I just I just loved it and I was just so grateful to Ruff mm-hmm. that I you know got wind of that because I, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have heard about a production like that yeah and it's funny that I think that piece for me, you know, Caitlin Reardon did such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful work. It is. Uh, and that piece for me, I do sort of like hold in my head. At least for me, like I won't speak for the whole collective as sort of like the, a little bit like the true North of the work of rough, like, a, yes. like that's the dream. Like if we yes. could do something of that caliber, and keep producing of that caliber, I feel like we'd be doing it right. Also, because I'm just such a fan of Caitlin's, but. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Unequivocal. Yeah. Did you see Anne Juliet? No, I didn't. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. It was such an interesting reworking, you know, the way the story was retold, 
the angle that, you know, Shakespeare's wife was, you know, as people have said over many of the years that she was much more involved than people realize mm -hmm. a lot of the kind of conspiracy theories around that. And they just mm -hmm. kind of ran with that, but in a way that I thought was respectful to Shakespeare, but also opened up, mm. you know, space for the idea that, you know, she had a lot of influence on his works. And if she had had even more influence, you know, this could have turned out much differently. It didn't have to be such a tragedy. And I just, mm -hmm. I just loved what they did with that show. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. I was sad to have missed it. it you saw it when it was here at Mervish? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Yeah. I saw it here. That's great. There's, um, this book and it's funny. I always call this book as like the unofficial start of rough reads because yep. it was like early in the collective, Christine just recommended, she was like reading this book and just like in our group chat, she was like, hey, you should go read this book. And it's called Hamnet, which is like about- I read that. Oh, you Hamnet, did? But I read it as Hamnet and Judith. I don't, I oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. retitled yeah. it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and... I read that with my book club. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I I appreciated that. And, and then- you know, now with a little bit of history in the company, I find it funny that for me, that's where Rough Read started. I was like, yeah. Christine just started recommending books to us. Like, Yeah, I love that. That's the way to do it. Yeah. What would you say in terms of like joining boards or like the incentive to join boards, what would you say is either like the worst thing or the best thing about being on a board? Like if you're trying, if you were trying to recruit in this moment, not that we are, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think I'd, I'd love to answer the best thing. Cause mm. I, I honestly, I don't know that I could come up with the worst thing. Mm. You know, I think that people worry about the time commitment. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the time commitment can really ebb and flow. Um, when I first joined rough, you know, I think I have more of a time commitment to rough now than I did when I first joined. And that's mm -hmm. only because I didn't really know like how I could contribute. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I first joined the board, I kind of just like people would make a suggestion to me on what I could help with. And so I did that. Mm -hmm. And I think that people worry that it will just take up too much of their time or that, you know, if they don't have a background in a certain area like theater, like, mm -hmm. you know, like the arts that they can't contribute anything. Mm. Um, and I think that that's an unfortunate um, assumption. Mm. I know for me, you know, I had some theater experience. I had that experience with Nightwood, but for the most part, Ruff was my first, mm. um, my first board position. And I learned a ton really, really fast. Mm. I joined the fundraising committee. And so that's how I got, you know, insight into the financials of the company, how much was being raised on a yearly basis. Mm -hmm. um, I looked at the bylaws, you know, as a corporate mm -hmm. lawyer, it was kind of an assumption when I joined the board, although we have a few lawyers on our board. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I took a look at the bylaws, which are things that I look at in my in my legal career. And you know, that gave me some confidence. I built up some confidence because first I looked at things that I know mm -hmm. and then, you know, fundraising, I had some experience. And so that was kind of next on my list. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then I kind of just, you know, 
agreed to take on to take on more and more as I, as I went along. Most recently, I feel like Christine and I discussed like because I was like I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling like I'm not doing enough. Hmm. And I and I think that that's important when you're on a board. If you start hmm. feeling like you're like, oh, I feel like I'm not contributing. You're hmm. you're looking at the other board members and like, oh, they seem way more engaged. And it's like, just say something. And I didn't hmm. say something for a few months, and I started feeling really guilty. Hmm. And so I think it's like any role that you take on at the beginning, you're like really into it. And you're like, what can I do? And then maybe it like tapers off a little bit, you know, the pandemic happened. And so, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I was focused on other things. I was focused mm-hmm. on surviving the pandemic, getting through it. Yeah. And then I realized I'm like, I'm really not doing enough for rough. Mm-hmm. What should I be doing? I had been asked to like, keep up a database. I got completely overwhelmed with the database. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I need, I need, I need help figuring yeah. out how I can be best used. And so we got together for a glass of wine, Christine and I, and um, another member of our, of our fundraising development committee, we had a glass of wine and I was like, I'm feeling really guilty. I'm feeling mm-hmm. like I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Please tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad. Hmm. And Christine was like, oh my gosh, don't feel bad. Yeah. But then I was like, I do. So just give me a task. <laughs> just give me a task. Yeah. I don't think I'm doing a good job at the previous task. I'm not maintaining the database anymore. I don't mm-hmm. know how good at that I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I think speaking to your strengths and also telling yes. the, telling, a, telling the rest of the board what your weaknesses are. Yeah is really important. And she was like, you know what, we really want to try and get more donors. Mm -hmm. We're really looking for people who donate to other theater companies. Mm -hmm. If I gave you like a bunch of programs and a list of people that we want to hit up, this is the job for me. I really want to do this for you. Yeah. And that really like re-inspired me. Yeah. Because I was, you know, I was giving, I was giving time, but I was giving time on something that I was like, I'm good at this. You know, mm-hmm. I'm good at mm-hmm. this. I will find these people, mm-hmm. you know, the next stage is now we need to reach out to those people. And that mm-hmm. will be a, another learning curve for me because I've mm-hmm. never reached out to people in the theater context, aside mm-hmm. from, you know, Hey, I'm acting in a show. Can you buy some tickets? That's mm-hmm. entirely different from yeah. asking people to donate to a theater company or donate to a production or So, you know, that's, that's the next thing is, okay, how can I help you go out and speak to these people? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, it's, it's always like such a fine balance because, you know, and again, I'm not the expert in this, but it's like, we're being in a nonprofit. Part of it is we have to have a board, but then that board is volunteer. So there's like this tension between like, how much do you ask of a board versus like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I I don't know. But like, I think what you're speaking to is like tapping into people's strengths. Yeah. Where it uses a different kind of energy. It's not like getting free labor. It's like doing inspired work. For sure. And that's, I think the name of the game. For sure. Yeah. You know, I think, I think prior to us kind of like coming back together and reconnecting on like, how can I help? Mm-hmm. I was feeling like I wasn't contributing, mm-hmm. you know, anything really. And mm-hmm. I was feeling really terrible about it. Mm-hmm. So I think just like, you know, putting aside, you know, finding out what the time commitment might look like, which 
all along, everyone at Rough has always been super transparent about. No mm-hmm. one has ever made me feel like, and no one made me feel other than myself, like I wasn't contributing yeah. enough. Nobody did that, but yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was always very clear to me what the time commitment would be. Um, but I think checking in, mm-hmm. you know, when you join a board, you don't just join and then take a task and then that's it. Like it's mm-hmm. continuing to check in, like, is this still helpful? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think telling us what you're finding helpful mm-hmm. is, 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 is a key to all of this. Yeah. And part of it too, was like, that was also during the transition time. Yes. So it was also like leadership was leaving. The collective was coming in. Part of it was that we were finding our sea legs. For sure. In terms of like, how do we eat? What is an ask to the board? What is a relationship with the board? That yeah. was also part of us navigating it. Um, and it can be as small as, it, it's a great point about the transition because, mm-hmm. you know, as you sit on a board, the management can change, the collective can mm-hmm. change, et cetera. And so, you know, when I joined, I worked with Caitlin a lot on the fundraising side and I knew my role with Caitlin. Mm-hmm. And I knew when she sent me an email, she was like, okay, you do this, I do this. And she would take the notes when we would have a meeting. And so I got used to that. Mm-hmm. I have to admit it, I did. Yep. And then when there was a transition, you know, you're working with different people, people have different strengths. Mm-hmm. I would get on the phone with, you know, the fundraising development committee and it was different people. Mm-hmm. And I would just kind of like do, 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 like kind of sit there and I'm pretty great at taking notes. I'm the secretary of this, of this board, mm-hmm. but I was only taking the the minutes um, at, at the board meetings. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I am I just sitting here. I should be taking notes for this FDC committee meeting as well. And I was mm-hmm. like, Christine, do you want me to take notes? And she was like, yeah. So it's just like, it's so like, funny because you're like the best at taking notes. I, I love taking notes. You always I love the taking notes. notes. <laughs> no, I did not because Caitlin took the Caitlin notes and, yeah. and we had a, we had a structure. She took the yeah. notes and she would send them to me and then I would relay them at the board meetings. Mm. So, you know, it's kind of like re reevaluating what, what people are doing in, mm-hmm. in the context of what they were initially asked to do. And if it changes, like, great. Mm-hmm. I love that when you're on a board too, you get the opportunity to join committees. Mm-hmm. You know, we're also very kind of open and, and transparent about, um, you know, switching around the the officer position. So secretary, mm-hmm. chair, treasurer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been kind of scared of treasurer because I'm just like not good with like money. <laughs> it's not in your wheelhouse. <laughs> it's not in your wheelhouse, but you know what? I feel like that's why I should volunteer. I was going to volunteer this year. Okay. At the- at the at the AGM yeah and then I didn't do it and well, so now asked, I know your secret so <laughs> I know you know my secret I really should do it because then I would learn mm-hmm. how to do it and I've yeah. been the secretary now for a few years and I think I figured out how to be the secretary I think I yeah. could you know try something else but that's so great yeah and one of the things that we were told when we came in like kind of as people were giving us advice was always that when new leadership comes in, there's normally a huge turnover on the board. And I think in the case of Ruff, there was some turnover, but a lot of those people had been around for like a decade, like Peter and Dasha and like, yes. Joe. so it, it also didn't seem like the board was changing over because the new leadership was here. It felt like it was their time. They had more than supported the company. Yeah. And then I feel really great about all the board members 
that were left behind and then also all of the new board members that we have like I just feel so stoked about the place that our board is in right now Um, me too and I I think it's a great point in terms of the board changing over as well because you know I you know I was kind of like relying on you know another board member who'd been there for five or ten years Mm -hmm. knowing everything you know Mm -hmm. and it's like when they left, I was like, oh, shoot, like, no one's answering this question. It's kind of like crickets. <laughs> Normally, you know, Dasha or yeah. someone else would answer that. And I'm like, do, do, do. I'm like, oh, I should look into this. You're like, do I answer the question? Yeah, I was like, should I answer? <laughs> like, so it's like, it's, it, there's something to keep in mind is that, you know, the management of the company can change and the board can change and you need mm-hmm. to really roll with that and maybe reassess what it is that you're kind of used to answering about or used Mm -hmm. to, you know, um, being responsible for Mm -hmm. and changing committees and changing, you know, officer positions and just just changing it up. And then like re re discussing, you know, we have a different chair now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also like, I, I find that like, I wasn't as, um, communicative with our, with our previous chair. And now I'm like, you know what, I should like CC her on this email so she knows what's going on Mm -hmm. because I didn't do that before. And then our previous chair was probably like, oh, I had no idea that was even- What's Mara doing? Yeah, yeah. what's Mara (laughs) doing? And now I'm kind of like, oh, just add Bonnie to this thread. Like she'll probably want to know Yeah. as the chair of the board. You know, it's kind of important. It's so funny because these are the exact conversations that we have at a collective level. Like it's almost like the board is like another layer of collective. There's just so many of us that make rough happen. Yeah. It's all about the communication, right? Between the, between the layers, within the layers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Who needs to be CC'd on what, what's too much information that it then gets overwhelming and you're like, get out of my inbox. Well, and and that's the thing is, you know, I were as a lawyer, like I CC everybody on everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we are, I am in a CC culture. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if like I should CC all of the collective on here. Like they're Mm -hmm. busy, they're artists, you know, it's like, they don't want to be on this email. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, I don't know, you know, I'm working with like what I know to be true from like nine to seven every day, which is like, keep everybody in the loop. Yeah. The loop is like a big thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that I've learned is like in a board position, like, do you include the whole board or do you need to think about like, who needs to know about this and who mm-hmm. can just be informed about this at our next board meeting? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's anything that we've like sort of missed or skimmed over? Like any like board life hashtag or like plug you feel like you want to sneak sneak in here I mean I do think that board life looks different as many things do after the pandemic so when I first joined the rough board because I was working at a firm with the chair of the board which was Peter at that time Mm -hmm. we worked at the same for at the same firm so he would book a boardroom and after work after a full day's work at like seven o'clock we'd get together for our board meeting. Mm. And that was hard sometimes because I'm like, I just want to go home. I've been here all day. Everyone else is coming in from their jobs. They've been at their jobs all day and we were really tired. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think one of the, one of the benefits of remote working is that I've been able to join board, uh, board meetings, you know, from my home, from my couch, 
from Bermuda where I travel to, you know, on and off all year long Mm -hmm. that, you know, I think it's gotten a lot easier to be engaged from afar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and you know, once again, like tying that into like, what will the commitment time commitment be like, Mm -hmm. you know, I miss getting together with the board. I love having more in-person meetings with the board. Like it's just the best. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I miss it. You know, we would have training sessions together. We'd like rent cool spaces or someone would have some kind of cool hookup. Mm-hmm. We'd bring wine, we'd bring snacks. Like it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a social activity at that. It's point. a social activity. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm going to a board meeting. I would love telling people about it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it just made me feel super cool and super hip. And, you know, I, I still tell everybody that I have a board meeting, even if it's <laughs> online, it still feels great. Yeah. But, um, now you might be in Bermuda as you now I might be in Bermuda joining, yeah. you know, joining a board meeting. So I, I, I do think it's another thing, you know, in selling, joining boards to people that like, mm-hmm. you can really do this from the comfort of your own home mm-hmm. and maybe every other meeting, or maybe the AGM is in person, mm-hmm. you know, and then all of the events that come, that come with it, um, you know, going to Withrow, going to the various events that Ruff puts on, which, you know, I'm sure when you join boards of other companies, it's the same kind of thing, unless it's very, very corporate based, in which Mm -hmm. case you're really just going to the board meetings and like you have huge stacks of paper in front of you and you're just going through it as a board, which, you know, some people are interested in doing myself, not so much. Um, But I, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm able to kind of do it on my schedule, everyone's been so great about, you know, like accommodating others in terms of getting together on zoom. Do we want to do it over a glass of wine? Like it kind of changes every week in terms of what people can do. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's really, I think that that's really helpful when you have a lot of really busy people yeah. who are, who are volunteering their time, you know, it's like, how can we make it work for you? And Russ has been great for that. Mm, yeah, you know, I feel like it comes up again and again. The pandemic's awful, but this sort of like newfound sense of remote working, which yeah. gives you your time back, is kind of a good thing that came out of it. Yeah, for sure. You know, we we had a on Tuesday night we had an FDC meeting. We did it over Zoom because I was anticipating maybe needing to, you know, be at home that day and not, and not kind of jump into my car and and drive Mm -hmm. for, you know, 30 minutes to, to meet up. Mm -hmm. And then the following day, like Christine came by my office to Mm -hmm. give me, um, like a program from a, a a production that she'd seen at, uh, at Stratford. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just feel like it's a lot more like easy peasy now to, Mm -hmm to get together over zoom. Then the next day she's like, I need to get this program too. So you can like stock these donors. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, let's come on, come on by. Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's always really nice to like have a mix. That's great. So thank you so much for chatting. Uh, today. My pleasure. Thanks thank for you having me so much for being on our board. We love having you on our board. I love being on it. Honestly, and in the rough world. <laughs> Brings so much to my life. And thank you. Thank you for having me here today. This was Mm -hmm. like, this was so fun. As soon as you suggested it, I just, like I said, I'm like a big podcast gal and I'm like, I'm so excited to see how it turns out and and what you, what you do with it. You like lit up 
when I like suggested yeah. in a way that I was, I was just like, oh, I thought this was going to be a hard sell. No, I, I was going to no. have to drag people into this podcast. No, I will do this every week. Oh, cool. Great. Yeah, that's I mean, probably also, a lot, but I would do it every week. I was like, I can't wait when you start your own podcast. Oh, and then I I'll be a guest that. on your podcast. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Teach me the ways. Great. It's easy cool. peasy. Sounds good. Can't Love wait. It. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon or see you in the park. Yeah, that sounds great. I'll be there. Great. Okay. See you then. Bye. Have a good night. You too. Thank you so much for listening in to our conversation with Shakespeare and the Rough Board member, Mara Smith. We hope that you found it as delightful and entertaining as we did, and maybe it's even inspired you to join a board. We hope that you'll join us in Withrow Park this summer from August 17th until September 3rd for Richard III, my reimagining of Shakespeare's Richard III. 